The Youthscape Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Youthscape Podcast. Not just the Youthscape Podcast, the 50th ever edition. I was going to come out. Sorry. We agreed today. We agreed that you would have the whole 10 seconds to I'd have the first 10 seconds. And here you are encroaching all Sorry, over it. Do you want to do the 50th? Because I might have missed that. With, with my a trumpet. Enormous trumpeting, yes. All right. It is the 50th ever edition of the Youthscape podcast. You didn't think we'd get this far, no, did you? I didn't, I didn't think. think we'd get this far. Well, I think I'd get this far. I didn't know if you'd still be on the bill, really? to be honest. You wonder whether the, the boss me and might Rachel have. Rachel would yeah. have just kind of organised this takeover and yeah. gently showed you out of one door and someone else comes in another door. Fair but, enough. Fair enough. Here we are. You're full of the joys of spring, I aren't am. you? A little bit because you've just uh, you've got a tiny muffin, yeah, which I, is, is on a little plate in front yeah, of you. Yeah, half you, eaten. You seem quite pleased about. <laughs> well, that's given you a little burst of energy. It has. Hasn't it? Oh, a little bit of choc chip. Do you find that, listeners? A little bit of choc chip goes a long way in the afternoon, doesn't it? Sounds <laughs> like an old lady. I am. I am. I have no problem being an old lady. But carry on. What's your Well, I was going to say you yes. you seem excited. Yes. Uh, and it's, it doesn't take much to get no, you excited. No, it doesn't does get it? much. No. You seem excited about uh, something that happened in school yesterday yes it did well yeah i feel like it's like a show and tell well dad in school yesterday no yesterday so there's this new project um so you know at youthscape we pilot sort of new models of youth ministry and trying to connect with young people and, and at the moment there's a team of four of us that go into a local school and we work with brilliant 12 brilliant young women in year 10 and 11 and it was a moment yesterday martin where i had said to one of my team be really good if just for a few minutes you could explain the concept of intrinsic value. I mean, that's a tough concept, isn't it? Mm. And I didn't say any more. And then um, I thought, I'll just leave it to her to do what she wants to do. And I saw her pull out of her back pocket a £10 note. And it was like slow motion. I could just feel myself going, oh, oh no. Oh, she's going to do the £10. Oh, she's going to do the £10 where you rip it up and like blow your nose on it. Oh no, I hate this. Like I'm so... Do you, do you ever find that we like so bored of an illustration? Is that even possible, the plastic £10 note? Well, that that's the other question. She did actually manage to do it. She had to, 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 put, to cut in it first. But but my whole reaction was like, oh my days, this is so cheesy. Like this has always happened. Anyway, she did it. She did it well. And at the end, these are these are 12 young people who are challenging, got big stuff in their lives, difficult connect, to connect with. Um, and at the end, one of them went, whoa, at the end. And I said, oh, wh what? why did you say, whoa? Why was that your reaction? Like, genuinely, like, <laughs> you not see this before? And she said, I've never heard it explained like that. Like, I didn't know that my value was like that. And I just felt this, like, enormous slap of Rachel, just get off your high horse. Like, these girls have, A, never seen this illustration before. And B, do you know what it made me think, Martin? It made me think that actually, whether we are using a brand new little illustration or game or a really ancient one, if it's effectively communicating a truth that young people have never heard before, it is it is absolutely explosive in their brains. Wow. It's like, what? It was, it was. It was wow. like, all of them were like, <gasps> that's my value. Like, my value cannot change no matter how people treat me. It was, it was quite a... Yeah, so I am buzzing because I was like, I think actually... How often do we have those moments, young people, where you think you didn't know this and now you do? Well, well watch, watch out for the impressive segue here because we do sometimes Ooh. plan in advance what we're going to talk about. But we haven't this time. Isn't that a bit like how we might view scripture? Oh, I see what you're doing there. You see? Go on, unpack it a bit you more. See? So we might think of the Bible as mm. something that, you know, uh, yes. just completely culturally irrelevant. Young yes, people have point. written it off already. Gosh, you know, the moment we whip the Bible out, they're yes. going to fall asleep yes, on us. Yes, absolutely. You know, um, and yet there are brilliant youth workers who find ways, culturally relevant yes. ways, of just engaging with Scripture, with even you know the most challenging young yes. people or the the most um, the, the shortest attention span young people yes. that you can find. I have to say though, before we go there, I'm not sure I know the ten pound <gasps> illustration. No. I feel like you see the problem is you've I, I feel like you've talked about this thing as I if have. I know about I've, it. I've I've othered people that don't know about the yeah, illustration. You've othered me. I've othered you. May, I mean maybe I'm a minority here. Without wanting to make too fine a gendered point in it, maybe those female youth workers listening, we use this a lot with girls. Is and it a self esteem boys, related thing? Yeah, so the idea is you get a five pound note or a tenner, or if you're feeling really flush, fifty quid and you say to young people, Do you want this? and the answer is yes, and then you kinda of like wake up a kind of a bit of phlegm and spit on it, you can pretend or real. Do you still want it? And they're a bit grossed out, but yes they do, it's still fifty quid. 
and then you sort of stamp it under your foot. And if you want to be really extreme, you can like you know, wipe your armpits with it or cut it in half or tear it. And the whole idea being that you can resellotape it um, and, and it doesn't change. The value doesn't change. It's a brilliant example of intrinsic value because sometimes we muddle up esteem and value. So self-esteem grows and can go up or go down. Value can't go up and go down. That doesn't change. Mm. But how we perceive our value can change. So, you say to a young person, even if you're chopped in half, yeah. you're, it's well, that's, fine. Maybe that's why it doesn't work on you because you're just thinking, actually, I could sense. destroy that money. Whereas yeah. obviously these girls yesterday were just like, whoa. And, and going back to scriptures again as well because we don't want to unpack scriptures so young people learn stuff about the Bible. Mm. we want to unpack scripture so they have an encounter with God so they go whoa like God is speaking to me so brilliant so actually that leads us brilliantly to our guests yes today so our guests today are going to be talking a little bit about this and I, I thought before we got on to the interview with Pete and Bryony Baker uh, from the Pace Project uh, we just have a little conversation about uh, the, the not the place of the Bible in youth ministry today so much as how we think uh, youth workers are feeling about handling the Bible. Mm. Uh, I'm sorry to keep harping on about our research, but it seemed clear from the Losing Heart research that came out a couple of years ago now that uh, that, that actually a lot of churches felt like a mm. crushing lack of confidence about handling Scripture. And it wasn't one of the things that youth workers said they talked about in no. their youth groups. Now, I, I would imagine a lot of people listening to this would think, well, yeah, we do the Bible all the time. But I, w- I wonder whether actually opening the Bible in that sort of Bible, traditional yeah. style and studying the yeah. Bible, I wonder whether for some of us that's slightly been replaced with a thematic approach where we might just throw in a, a verse yeah, or, yeah. Or, um, or tell a story yeah. and so on. All of which, all those things have value in themselves. But um, but I wonder whether we lose something if we don't open yeah. the Bible yeah. with young people. And, and I've always found, um, you know, it's one of those things that young people either live up to your expectations or live down to your expectations. So if, mm. you, if you sit there with a group of young people, you go, guys, sorry about this. I know it's a bit boring, <laughs> but we're just going to, we're just going to open, the, you know, those books we gave you uh four years ago uh we're gonna get them out don't worry about it it's very i'll you don't need to read it i'll read yeah. it out you know if you take that approach mm-hmm. young people have no interest no. whereas if you if you if you actually sort of elevate the mm. value of of the book and mm. you talk about your own relationship with it and how much you love it you you'd say to young people this is exciting this is going to give you this is going to bring you life there yes. is stuff in here that yeah. you will you will love that you won't expect um, this is the key to adventure. If you pitch the Bible like that, I think young people live up to those expectations. But I wonder what you think. I wonder whether maybe in our youth ministry we we chicken out of that sometimes. I think I I think I do, and I think probably all I can speak about is is myself, and then maybe extrapolate from that maybe mm. some friends as well. But I I think. I think I do all of that. I think there are times where I do do a little bit of Pinterest Bible. <laughs> yeah. So you just slap that on, put a nice picture around it. I think there are times where the, the stories feel quite juicy and so I kind of, we really go into town. Mm. Tell you, one thing I've started doing recently, Martin, is um, with my little youth group when I'm doing it on a Sunday morning or if I'm speaking to young people, at young people, I'm speaking at young people. That was Freudian. That was a Freudian slip, That was Rachel. a Freudian slip, note to self. Uh, review that. Um, is saying, okay, we're reading this passage here, but when else does this crop up in Scripture? So trying to do a little bit of that systematic, that's what it's called, isn't it? Systematic theology. So otherwise young people think that these stories are kind of all randomly hanging in the air. They can't quite work out where they all fit. No, I think that is is a brilliant challenge. I I do think it cuts even a little bit deeper than that, though. I remember years ago joining a, a school trip to France. I was with the Year 7s. I was... Um, given quite a lot of the young people that the school teachers were like, well, give it to the youth workers, they should get out the crazy kids. And I remember the girls broke into my bedroom one night um, and they they did they stuffed things in my bed and put chocolates into my pillow. And it was really, all really kind of low level and lovely. But the next morning, I remember the teenage girl saying to me, uh, are you like a Christian then? And I was thinking, it's obvious. I'm, I, I run the Christian Union in school in those days. I'm always here talking about God, like always. And I said, yeah, I am. How did you work that out? And it's because they saw a Bible next to my bed. So they snuck into my bedroom and they saw that next to my bed was a Bible. And for them, that suddenly went, oh, like, oh, this is really real. She actually has a Bible in her private space. So I think it's young people seeing that the Bible is, this is where we get our authority Mm. from. This is where these ideas come from. Mm. So sometimes I hold a Bible, even if I'm not always going into it. I want young people to see that the stuff I'm talking about comes from here. So... That perfectly leads us into our interview today. 
It does. Because uh, uh, you interviewed I did. Pete. I went north. You did. I went all the way up north to Burnley. That is that is quite oh, north. Oh, Burnley's such a brilliant place. I love it. I wonder yeah. what you're going to say then. No, I it is say brilliant. No. Terrible about Burnley. It is, no, it's brilliant. I actually, I've got a bit of a problem because I, for my 40th birthday, I went to West Ham, Burnley. And it was a really traumatic experience for me. As you a, went to Burnley. No, no, no it was that my watch. so okay. my team is West Ham. I, I realise you you don't I care don't about this at football. all. We lost anyway. I don't get it. We lost. <laughs> okay. We lost, and there was loads of crowd violence and pitch oh, invasions. Was it Burnley it was people being violent. To it wasn't you. Burnley people. No, no, no. Right. It was all. Fine. It was our own people. Okay. But just the word Burnley is a bit okay. triggering. So it's Martin, a bit triggering for we're going to send Martin out of the room for this interview now, so that he can go and kind of sob and, and just bring them before the Lord. But um, I popped up to Burnley to um. Uh, Life Church, it's Life Church Lancaster, and Pete and Bryony Baker are leaders of the church, and they also run Pays in the UK. And Pays is all around the UK, and you'll hear them explain a little bit about it later. They are a dynamic couple who are in this together, and they have so much to say about lots of things, but specifically about engaging young people with scripture. sat with a gold microphone uh, and I'm not at Youthscape the budget is definitely different in fact I think it's sound recorders like it is your personal microphone so but I'm here um, up in Burnley and I'm here at Pays headquarters UK Pays headquarters with Pete and Bryony Baker welcome guys thank you very much I mean I'm in your lounge in a way (laughs) but we're here at the SWAP conference so this is a a national conference that Pays runs every year now I, I feel that there's so much I want all our wonderful listeners to know about you guys. Let's start with Pays and what we're doing here. So you guys are married. You are the yeah. national leaders of Pays, and out yeah. beyond that wall, there yeah. are a few hundred young leaders from all around the world. Tell, tell us a bit about them. Pete, yeah. you go for it. Uh, yeah. So yeah, Pays has been around for 26 years in the UK. <clears throat> Started in Manchester uh, with a really simple vision of trying to bridge the gap between schools and local church, and it's grown to become an international organisation. Yes, we're in that room just beyond us. There's, I think there's 92. Oh, right, um, okay. On a full-time gap year. And yeah, they're from all, all over the planet. Yeah. Really, real privilege to have people here from all over the planet who uh, want to serve young people in the UK. Yeah. So that, that's amazing. And we work with about, it's about 50 churches in the UK mm-hmm. who then receive one of these workers for the year, help serve their youth ministry, children's ministry in local church, and then mm-hmm. reach out to young people uh, in schools in that community. That's amazing. Yeah. Brilliant. And Bryony, you guys lead this together. Yes. But I was just listening off air to a very interesting story about how you guys met. So, okay, yeah. yes. But you guys are both doing some very similar things, and then it yeah. was sort of love, love at first sight. Bryony, <laughs> yeah. tell us a little bit about yeah. what you were doing. Yes, so I grew up in the south of England, mm. um, and I moved to Manchester at age 18 to be part of the Eden Project as part yeah. of the message. Um, very similar, very missional heart, community-based, looking to be a bridge between the community and the church. And the church where I was placed was also the headquarters for Pays, and so that's where I met Pete. Um, and that was really cool, seeing a sense of God weaving our stories together, mm. um, because we were both pursuing what he'd put on our heart, primarily, and as we did that, there's that sense of us coming together so that we could pursue that thing together and do that stronger together. And you guys were very young when you took over running Pays, didn't you? I mean, you're very young still, (laughs) kind of out there, but... Pete, I mean, how you were sort of yeah. handed the reins almost against your will. I mean, it's kind of like you're saying yes to God, but let's face it, most of us are terrified, aren't we? Yeah, <laughs> I often describe it as a mixture of faith or naivety. Uh, yeah. the, te- the fine line between faith yeah. and naivety of just saying yes, you know, to yeah. the opportunity in front of you. Yes, I, I became a Christian as a, as a teenager Brilliant. because of the influence of my youth leader. So I would say a big part of why I want to do youth work or I'm mm. involved in youth ministry is because a youth worker changed my life, you know. So I was 15 years old, then very shy, quiet, introverted young person, wanted to make a difference to other young people, mm. uh, served in my local church, heard about pays, free gap year, like yes, mm. that sounds like the ca- I wanted to do something anyway and yeah. it being free made it really easy and accessible. From Manchester, that was placed in Burnley. I did that for a couple of years, absolutely loved it, working with young people every day in schools, local church, seeing young people discipled and come to faith. And then, yeah, Paves was beginning to grow uh, internationally, so Paul Gibbs, the founder, came to me and said, would you consider being the next national director? And I was, yeah, 21 years old and said, yes. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And that, that was kind of the conversation. I just thought, yeah, that sounds 
that sounds like a natural next step. And then, yeah, doing the role, realised I am way in over my head. I am terribly ill-qualified for this role. And, uh, yeah, went went to pray. Um, God, if you're in this, I need to know you're Mm. in this. Uh, That prayer led me into the water. I was on a prayer walk. uh, And this prayer walk just led me into the water. I will say the prayer walk. I mean, I found myself fully clothed in the water. It actually, literally, yeah. water. in the water. Metaphor. No, this is actually it's not in the a water. metaphor. Oh this, yeah, I'm stood Gosh. in the North Sea. You know, oh my goodness. praying, God, if you're in this, I need to know. It wasn't yeah. like a cry for help. No, you know, I'm stood, you know, yeah. I'm stood in the sea, saying, God, uh, well, no, I'm praying, God, if you're yeah. in this, I need to know you're in this. This prayer led me on a prayer walk. The prayer walk led me into the water, and I began to see the impact of the waves as I walk into the water. I'm literally impacted by the waves. Wow. Um, and then I'm fully immersed, it's like a baptism moment, I'm swimming, and uh, fully clothed, no yeah. idea what the onlookers are making of the sea. <laughs> and then as I turn and face the shore, I see the impact of wave after wave after wave is made on the, on the shoreline. Yeah. And in that moment, I feel God say, says to me, uh, that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to lead a wave after wave, movement of missionaries that advances mm. the kingdom of God and erodes the kingdom of darkness. Yes. So 21 years old, you know, recognised maybe I'm not, ready to lead, be a national leader but God I will give the rest of my life to that you know mm-hmm. I give the rest of my life to raising up the next wave mm-hmm. seeing the potential in others raising other people up recognizing I had an opportunity because someone invested into yes. me yes. and I want to be that for other people yes. I want to raise other people up see the next wave and yeah. let them go beyond or help them to yeah. go beyond me yeah so that ultimately we can erode the, the kingdom of darkness Absolutely. Yeah. or change the landscape you know that was the picture I saw the this waves how, eroding the landscape. Yeah, yeah this is how we change the landscape. It's wave after wave. Powerful. Some waves are big, some waves are small, some waves are gentle, some waves are quiet. But they keep coming, don't yeah, they? They keep coming. Yeah. Keep coming. That's what really hit me that day, yeah. the relentless nature yeah. of waves. You know? yeah. I thought, that's what we'll do. We'll just keep, we'll keep on going. Well, at that point, we were not married, we were together. So I was like, I'll keep on going, I'll go for this, mm. and I'll raise up the next wave. I'll give everything mm. I've got to raise up other people. So, yeah. And it sounds like with you, Bryony, God was doing something very similar. Anyway, I think that this is the first time that we've had a married couple on our podcast. Wow. And wow. you are quite an unusual couple in that you are leading together. We are together. an unusual yeah. couple. You're an unusual <laughs> couple. And I, I, lo- I love that. I love it when there are men that are leaders, women that are leaders, and yeah, then couples that yeah. lead together. And yeah, you have yeah. very specific gifts and skills, don't you? Yeah. And yet, you're leading this church together. You're leading this movement together. Yeah. So tell us a bit about that, Bryony. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's really been a journey. Mm. So... Um, there was that sense of God bringing us together and, and throughout uh, our work with Pays and involvement in the church we've had um, different roles and that's looked different so we have two children so when the children were very young I still felt the weight of what mm. we were carrying but day to day I wasn't as engaged mm. which brought its own joys and challenges um, and so I think probably now we're in a season where we very much feel like we're able to carry that together in a day to day sense I think we're able to recognise the different things that we bring to the table um, and how important that is, that whilst we should shape each other as a married couple, that I learned from Pete and Pete learns from me, that there's still distinct things that we bring to the table and our team and the movement benefits from us bringing fully who we are to that table. And I guess part of that is that we have to recognise to agree to disagree on things because that's the thing in relationship, isn't it? If two two people think... So one thing is totally different it's the same thing it's just looking from two different perspectives and yes. sometimes that's where conflict comes and so learning to recognize the different ways that we see things and to yeah that sense of teamwork mm. I guess every married couple needs to work out of, mm. well actually I disagree but we're going to go with what you're saying because we're in this together and we we trust mm. each other and I think that's that's been a great joy and interestingly working with a lot of young adults sometimes they'll say you know I didn't necessarily have a good role model example of what marriage yeah. looks like and you guys have created that and wow. of course wow. that is like so humbling yeah. like yeah, yeah absolutely really. terrifying as well yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know yeah. <laughs> we're going to replicate yes. all our faults yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's really, really humbling as well when you think these these young adults going back to the different nations perhaps that they're from and maybe they've seen something yes of what we're trying to do of together as a couple and as a family to seek first the kingdom of God yeah and um, 
Tremendous. Yeah, they yes. take something from that. Tremendous. And you definitely developed a leadership team around you as well, haven't you? Yes. You're, yeah. I think what I just love about both of you is that you have such a strong sense of what God's called you to and the real freedom in that, and you release each other into that. And you also, that, that the way that you love each other kind of spills out in the way that you raise up other leaders. And yeah. I mean, I've been here about five hours, and you keep yeah. introducing me to these lovely people. <laughs> that you, lead. you know, you're oh, yeah. constantly deflecting to others and saying, look at what they're doing, this is brilliant. Mm-hmm. So, um... Thank you for sharing a bit about married life and, and what that's about. Because I think it is a challenge, isn't it? On the outside, it can look like, oh, it's so easy. They're just doing it together. Whereas yeah. for, for others of us, we might go home and have a different conversation yeah. with our husband or wife. Mm. Um, but you guys, it's you've been at work together and then you're yeah. at home <laughs> chatting about it together. But I'd love to hear a bit more about Pays and this movement yeah. of wave after wave. Because I think yeah. you are a very unusual youth ministry organisation in the UK in that you absolutely embody the word missionary like you're really yeah. proud of that word and it's yeah. and we're sat in a venue here that's incredibly modern it's all mm-hmm. young adults like mm-hmm. if anyone had a notion of what a missionary looks like with jesus sandals and white socks i mean <laughs> yeah. you blow that out of the water here but that word is quite important to you isn't it pete tell us a bit yeah. about you're raising missionaries to raise missionaries and what yeah. do you mean by that that's a that's a great question so i think for paul when he started pace all the, the stories uh, that he was kind of formed his Christianity or formed his thinking were the stories of the great missionaries oh, yeah. from 100 years ago, 200 years ago, who went somewhere else. Uh, and so very early on for him, he recognised his role wasn't to go somewhere else. His role was to raise up uh, a movement of missionaries. He wouldn't be a missionary in that conventional sense. He'd be a missionary maker. And mission would be in every day. Uh, and wish, mission could be in your school and in your community and those kind of things. I think for me, whenever I think of mission now, I always go to Genesis 1 and just this, for me, an incredible image of God filling every dark space and every dark place with light and love and goodness. Wow. Uh, and if I'm honest, that's enough for me. Like the rest of the Bible's good. You know, <laughs> but like Genesis 1, those first few verses, that's what I see there. That's what God's yeah. up to. And so that's what I feel my job is in terms of local church or in terms of pays. How can I help other people um, fill uh, joining, joining yeah. with what God is yeah. doing. God is on the move, you know. Yes. God is filling every dark space and every dark place with love and light and goodness, and we mm. get to join in. Uh, so helping people recognise their part in God's yes. mission, you know, Absolutely. to restore all things, to redeem all things. Yes. But that, that image for me really, really works, you know. Yeah, and these yeah. are young adults that come in from all around the world. You yeah. come and do a gap here with you, but yeah. Im- immediately they're connected into local churches, yes. local yeah. schools, yeah. Exactly, yeah. and really seeing what that looks like on a very nitty-gritty basis. Yeah. And, they, and the heart is that when they go back to their home country or whatever God calls them to next, yeah. you're seeing this global yeah. movement. Yeah. yeah, so most people that do pays post phase they end up working in ministry or education um, so we're seeing we are seeing missionaries making missionaries in that way or people come here then go into university uh, life so some people are post-grad those who are doing pays pre-university they'll go on and become universities on that campus mm-hmm. so they'll take some of our ideas of how to do mission or how to do discipleship or how to study the bible mm-hmm. and they'll apply that into their university setting or their mm-hmm. church setting or mm-hmm. and yeah pace has become a global movement through people joining and then taking it yeah, home taking it so home. this is a manchester thing you know this is a northwest wow, thing wow the northwest gone way beyond yeah. what any of us i'm a sat in burnley this is brilliant you know? yeah. Yeah. yeah and, and brian so these young adults are coming who i mean i have to say speaking to everyone today i felt very old <laughs> <laughs> i was like oh my goodness i think i could be all your mum I'd like to hear a little bit about how do you raise them up in leadership? Because I think we often hear in church about there's a discipleship deficit with young people because there's a discipleship deficit with adults. Mm-hmm. And actually what we're seeing in adults, young adults, is that kind of lack of real discipleship. So they want to be leading and doing more, but often have poor Bible literacy or not really much kind of understanding. Are you finding that with paid leaders that you're having to do quite a lot more with them pastorally than you anticipate at the beginning? How are you sort of releasing them into everything God has for them? Yeah, I think I think it, it varies because yeah. we have so many different people coming from different cultures and that's been really fascinating discovering mm. um, when we launched Pays in Brazil a number of years ago. We From there we've got more and more people coming from Brazil and suddenly we've got lots of friends from Brazil and learning lots about that culture that I just would have never known. So. I think it really varies. I think we we do um, training throughout the year, so they're getting this um, empowerment of how not just to do schools ministry, for example, mm. but we look at a lot of teaching um, around a series we call the Kingdom Principles. So what is actually 
the heart of God and what is the kingdom and what does it look like and what does it mean to live that mm -hmm. way. So people are coming from very different backgrounds, but we try to get on the same page for the same purpose. We talk a lot about seeking first the kingdom mm -hmm. of God Brilliant. and then we train, we train our apprentices and our teams um, in a certain way of studying the Bible. That, um, oh, yes, tell us them. a bit about this. Yeah, yeah. so um, it's called Havarim, which is um, an ancient Jewish word that means friends who study together. And what it does is it works through four different stages. Um, it looks, first of all, at, in a sense, the context. So some of those really great research questions, like who wrote this, why, why did they write it, what was going on in the life of this person, or in, in the um, culture in which it's written, mm. what, is the, what is the culture and the history, tell us a, about it, where does it fit in the Bible, all those kind of questions. Yeah. And then it kind of looks at the passage again, but from another perspective and says, well, okay, if we look at other, how do other parts of scripture help us interpret this passage? Mm -hmm. um, within the wider context of what scripture is good systemic to theology, us. isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And we, again, we look at the passage again from a kind of third perspective and begin to really put ourselves in the story. Because it's easy with the Bible, isn't it, to just read someone's life in a chapter and be like, this happened, this happened, and then they died. And you miss the human yes. story yes. Of, yeah. of the emotion and the drama and, and the, yeah, they did the right thing, but did they want to quit? Did they want to pack it all in? Were they terrified? And... Um, just beginning to put ourselves in the story to imagine, perhaps just to see, um, and we realise that of course we are, we are making assumptions, yeah. and, but just begin to see a bit more of the heart of God yeah. and, and what was happening there. And then again, just look at it again from another level of really stepping back to reflect and to pray and ask the Holy Spirit, you know, having looked at it from these different angles, and of course we pray throughout. What is it that I haven't yet seen? What is it that you want to reveal to me here that I can then pass on to others because the sense of missionaries making missionaries it flows through everything that we do so we don't just read the bible for my personal development but how can I pass this on to others and so we train our teams how to do that and then we um, encourage them and resource them to then do that with young people yeah. in schools and in churches in youth groups but for us that's not even that is the end goal the end goal is that they would be raising up young leaders who yeah. who you know a 16 year old from a local school is actually leading a few of their friends in a coffee shop and the youth leaders aren't even there because oh, they've, they've been it's equipped. missionaries making missionaries. Missionaries yeah. making missionaries. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that's called Havering Man. And you very yeah. kindly sent me a copy of one yeah. of the books and I think I had a day a rare day or a rare few hours where I was on my own mm. and I went and sat in a coffee shop I think I texted you halfway yeah, through yeah. like this is brilliant and it I is, think yeah. um, there are so many wonderful different ways that we can approach scripture but something yeah. about this felt really natural yeah. felt a little yeah. bit familiar like mm. oh actually this doesn't feel whack this feels yeah. really yeah. like of course scripture interprets scripture yes. of course we yeah. can ask these big questions yeah. and there was something that I was facing at the time that I was feeling quite stuck about I couldn't hear God's voice in and I just mm. did one of the activities for myself that's great. And God really spoke to me, and I, and I think, it, yeah. So I want to encourage you, you listening, sort of um, mm. get in touch with these guys at Pays and have a little look at that, because as, as a model for unpacking the Scripture with young yeah. people with yes. maybe poor yeah, Bible yeah. literacy, yeah, yeah. such a hands-on, collaborative yeah. way is expecting God to speak. That's what isn't we love it? about it. Yeah, the collaborate, uh, collaborative yeah. uh, essence to it, and we we really love it. And I think one of the reasons I can be really unashamedly loving it is it's not ours it's, it's yeah. ancient yeah. it's yes. thousands ancient of years old yes. yeah. Uh, and it, yeah and it's, it's brilliant it's really really brilliant and yeah. so we practice it every day within pays our pay seems to doing it as a team and we thought wouldn't this be great if they could do this with young people so there's schools in the uk where having groups are happening at lunchtime or before school or in churches as their Bible study or Sunday morning, Sunday school, mm. you know, they're using the Havarim method. And, and what sort of impact are you seeing? I remember the first time I ever did it with young people in Blackpool, I remember this young person saying to me, I've been in church my whole life, I've read the Bible loads of times and I normally have no idea what it means. And normally I just skip past, like the leader just tells me what it means. But this young person doing this one Havarim activity is like, it's come alive to me for the first time. Wow. And they weren't just saying that. That's what you want. Yeah, um, because you, you know, were there. <laughs> yeah, you I weren't was, dangling a lolly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't for a video. No. Or anything like that. It was just a real life conversation yeah. with a really young person. And me thinking, wow, this, I already like this stuff. And I've seen the Bible come alive to a young person. Um, they just normally would skip past and hope somebody else would tell them what it yeah. means. And yeah. that's the danger, I think, oftentimes, is that yes. most of our... Um, 
interpretation of scripture just comes from someone else. Yes, you know? we let uh, ourselves be spoon fed, don't we? Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. maybe we're not actually helping young people to discover it for themselves and to pass it on. Yeah, what if we could help young people have a method of Bible study that they could pass on to other Absolutely. people? Absolutely, that's, that's what we've seen in Havarim, and it's but it's ancient, yeah, it really yeah. works with our culture. So, oh, yeah, fantastic. We're, we're, yeah. I, I want to ask both of you, so I'm going to give you a little bit of a, of a sort of a run up while I'm waffling, because okay. <laughs> people listening to this are leaders, they're yes. leaders of youth ministries, they might be um, leading a, a youth organisation or a church youth based ministry, they might be working for local authority as a Christian youth worker in a, in a more secular context, although we know God is everywhere, yes. <laughs> no yeah. sacred, secular divine, but you've got them captive audience and they are awesome, they're awesome, <laughs> I'd love to hear from both of you, what, what do you sort of sense God is doing? at the moment what, what are the things that he's maybe asking us to step into take more risk in I'd love to Brian wow. I'm going to come to you first while you're thinking uh, yeah. Pete give us the website for Pay so okay, people yeah. can get hold of you Pays, wonderful people Paysmovement.com Paysmovement.com so, so if you go on there you would see that it's, it's, a, it's a global thing there's a page on there about UK uh, we're all over Facebook Instagram all those kind of things brilliant yeah. brilliant yeah, we'd love to connect to with people, people. Yeah. yeah Pays so our heart Pays means servant so the word, it doesn't stand for something, uh, you know, it's, it's biblical Greek for servant. Oh. So it's about people, young people serving young people. Well, that's going to be original, we've all got old now. But it's, <laughs> it's young people serving young people. Yeah. So we love serving the church. But the heart of Pays is local church. Brilliant. Advancing the kingdom of God through the local church. So it could be people listening thinking, I want to find out if there's a Pays group near me. Yeah. I want to find out if I can get some of this training, exactly, these resources. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. So paysmovement.com. Yeah. Brian, what, what do you want to just share yeah. with people listening about what God, and then we'll come um, to you, Pete. It's a daunting question, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> I know, God, I know. God's doing, but I think something, a shift I've seen in myself and in some of the people I work with and, and around me is, I, think, I feel like a long time, for a long time, the message I was hearing is, you're not good, and you're, you know, you've sinned, mm. and um, you need to come to God mm. because of that. And it's fascinating talking to people who um, when you say oh, you go, I go to church mm. I, I think this is a really positive thing I go to mm. church and I suddenly realise they're thinking something totally different yeah. when I say church yeah. because for example some of the people I spend time with they were excluded from the church because they were divorced for example mm. so when I say I go mm. to church with a mm. smile on my face they're hearing something very different and I think the thing that's certainly on my heart and a shift in my own journey and, and I've seen the people around me is the message is that God is good Mm. and that he's kind mm. and that he's for you mm. and, and the sense of, of who he is his nature and his character that has got to be the message that is our first thing not mm. yeah. you're bad and you've sinned and therefore mm. you need this remedy and yes I, I understand yeah. yes yeah. that's the reality of the human condition but that our first response and our first message when people interact with church when they meet a Christian is that God is good and he's for you and he loves you and he's with you. Yeah. Um, Amen to that. <laughs> Amen to that. Absolutely. Yeah. Pete, anything you want to add? Well, can I say I yes. love the Youth Skip podcast. Oh! <laughs> You're going to have a little picture of your face and I'll warn <laughs> um, Yeah. The, the opportunities are tremendous. So I, I, I'm a really, really positive person. Yeah. Really. I think... Sometimes I, um, I, I'm really aware, so parts of the UK, it's beyond a crisis in terms of the church engaging with young people or the church engaging with its community. Uh, and there's some areas that we work in, and that's the phrase I'm using uh, as I'm reflecting on those communities. I'm, I'm like, it's beyond a crisis in terms of having young people in church, how is the church engaging with young people. But time and time again, when I walk into a high school, and there's, there's a high school in my town that I'm a governor at, uh, there's over 100 schools in the UK that we work in as pays where we're welcomed, you know, because our posture is to serve. So if there's people listening to this that are thinking, where are the young people in our community? They're in schools, you know, mm -hmm. it's not the only place they are. Um, and the posture, I think the best way to get into a school mm. is to serve it. Yes. Uh, and to approach a school with that servant attitude, not mm. are we trying to get people from the school into our church buildings or what are we trying to get out of it and what, what are we trying to, how are we trying to serve that school, how are we trying to serve the needs and the agenda of that school, the whole SMSC agenda is massive for schools, I think churches have a lot to say about spirituality, morality, uh, society and culture, you know, mm -hmm. um, and that is top, that is high up in the agenda for schools, so I think, uh, I think churches have a lot to say, I think churches have a lot to give, so 
I'd love to be judging on confidence in um, the answer could well be in the room, the answer could well be in your own community. Uh, there, are, there are churches that we work with that have very few young people, but they have schools in their community full of young people that they could serve if they just mm. walked across the room. You know? mm. um, so that would be one thing I'd want to say. That's yeah. amazing. And taking risks on young people. Yeah. I, you know, I became a Christian because a youth leader invested into me. Um, great guy, not highly trained or highly skilled, you know, but just somebody really invested into us, took us on an adventure, cared about us, yes. um, you know, went out of his way, went the extra mile, uh, and made a massive difference in my life. And I wanted to be that kind of person for young people. That's why I joined Pace. I wanted to do for other people what Justin had done for me. And so I, I'd love, yeah, us to take more risks on young people, to take young people on adventures, yeah. you know, to have an have an incredible time yeah people. and that's a legacy isn't it i think that yeah. word keeps cropping up in this conference this weekend yeah. that yeah. you're hosting around don't just do a blast a moment create yes. a legacy and that is it this wave of wave. let's just end with that beautiful thought of, of pete running into the water fully <laughs> but um, that idea of just the, the relentless wave yeah, yeah. and as we turn back and look at the shore the waves are coming yeah. god's spirit is moving and he says come yeah. on you're part of this thank yes. you guys yeah. so, thank much. You so much thank you, thank you. The Youthscape Podcast. I uh, listened to that and had microphone envy, Rachel, because I, you described a golden microphone. Yes. What was the story? Well, it's it's bigger than our microphone. What? And it's gold. And I said to them, look, when I come up to this conference, can I interview you guys for our podcast? Meaning, I'll take my little phone, which is all glittery, and I'll just press record and hope for the best. And they had, like, you know, set it up, and they had people there that came to sort of press record. Oh, really? It was phenomenal. It was a beautiful thing. Wow. So, yeah. And we just have this sort of white blob on a stick. That's, that's, like, that's no our microphone. No, I just speak about producer Rachel. Oh, dun, come dun. on. <laughs> so, uh, so Pete Baker yes. is like one of my all-time favourite blokes, I have to say. And, I, and I'll tell you why. Um, he is relentlessly supportive of other people. He is. And I think one of the great things about him is it, 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 you see his character shine through in the way that he relates to other um, other lead, other leaders, other guys, really. Um, and, uh, I mean, I'm just talking particularly about the, the sort of man, the, yeah. ma- the man scene. The here. man the, scene. The man scene. Right, I'm picking up my, my a... muffin. I'm, I'm, I'm settling I, in for the man I, scene. I feel like I've, I've pitched this like Alan Partridge. A new segment Keep of our going. podcast, Man Scene with Martin Saunders. <laughs> and uh, I'm just talking about the male variety of the uh, of the species at the moment. The, so the, men. The men, <laughs> men in the youth work Okay. In the youth work community. Yeah, not many of them, are there? The male scene. We need to kind of amplify men's voices. I, I, I may have forgotten <laughs> even where I'm going with this. Okay. But I think there is an issue sometimes, which I've certainly been guilty of, and I know a lot of my brothers uh, in Christ have fallen foul of, which is you can get a little bit... Um, you can fall into some of those classically masculine, um, stereotypical pitfalls, like um, being competitive, not really being sort of for one another not really um getting behind each other actually jostling for a bit of position hoping to be top yeah. dog and i i don't know what is behind this exactly but i see in what i like to call the female scene in in, in youth work where <laughs> am i land. where am i going with this <laughs> uh, in 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 the female yeah. scene um there's much more support there's much right. more of that sort of cheryl sandberg amplify each yeah, other's okay. voices help each other get behind each other you see the brilliant project 328 yes, thing yes. where everyone's just trying to get each other yeah. you know for i think sometimes men are not so good at that and actually they want to be top mm. dog and one, one of the things that always struck me about pete baker um is that he's someone who is absolutely relentlessly for other leaders mm. and and so my experience of that i'm sure he's for female leaders as well but mm, he's he's actually absolutely. just been really supportive of everything i've ever done and i have really appreciated yeah. that so pete if you're listening if like rachel you like to listen back to things that you've recorded <laughs> Then, uh, then, then, thank you. You're a good guy. Yeah. Yes. Well, right. We've got another interview. And I'm amplifying you. And another. And it's on what you said. It's because when I said to Pete, I'd like to record you. He's like, I'd really love it if you chat with my youth worker Dan as well. That's classic Pete Baker. That's classic it? Pete Baker. So this is why we're doing this now. Also, Dan, you're listening to this as well. Dan is a fantastic youth worker. So he is employed by Pays, and he and he um develops quite a lot of their work. But he also runs youth work locally, and is seeing some incredible stuff as local young people are just wandering into the church 
connecting with God. They're baptizing young people. It's just so interesting listening to what he's seeing. So I basically just said to him, Dan, like, what are you seeing in youth culture? How are young people connecting with the Bible? How are they connecting with faith? And into the gold microphone, Dan said this beautiful stuff. The Youthscape Podcast. So in my little room with my gold microphone, I've now swapped Pete and Barney and I have Dan. Dan, welcome. And Dan, you are Assistant Director of Pays. Yeah. And you're also Youth Pastor at Life Church Burnley. Well, it's Life Church Lancaster in Burnley, isn't it? Yeah, Life Church Lancaster, yeah. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, and uh, you've got a lovely beard. Thank you. <laughs> you're very that. young to have a beard. Like, this is quite impressive. I'm yeah. so old now, I'm allowed to say that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I Dan, how... 10 years ago. Oh, yeah, because you know, it's <laughs> like, oh, no. stick on the fluff. So, um, so how long have you been youth pastor at, at this church? Um, so I came here about seven years ago, took my role as a Lemons to 14 youth pastor, and I've headed up the youth ministry for the past five years. Fantastic. And what does that look like in, in sort of, is it mainly with ch- kids of church families here? or? No, I mean, that's been a really, really interesting journey, it, just in terms of, um, like where we've been with that because yeah. I talked to a lot of my friends in youth ministry in similar churches and he said what's your kind of percentage of like young people from the church families and young people from community schools and it's very much like a 50-50 or like a 60-40 and it's way easier to set culture but we found ourselves in a place where we were like 15-20% were church family and the rest were from community and schools and so we had a bit of a trying to set culture, house rules kind of challenge on our hands towards the start but then something amazing happened. I was praying to God and asking God, well, what, 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 what is the answer to this, to set culture? You know, we can try and set this 20% and then add more into that and as we disciple them. And then we started a high school as a church. You started a high school? Yeah. Oh, yeah, my goodness. Yeah. Right. Um, Tell us about that. Yeah. So we, uh, that was about five, six years ago, the journey started with our senior pastor and uh, some of the senior leadership talking about that, thinking through that, and there hasn't been a Christian ethos school in the town for over 100 years in Burnley. Um, and that was really the answer to my prayers because that school, even though young people live next door to each other in very like uh, broken communities, estates, different things, they might go to different schools, but they kind of come from the same place with the similar kind of issues. But yet in the school that we were starting and that's been going for the past four years, having a culture of grace, love and fellowship, impacted on our youth ministry massively. So our culture sets became the pupils of that school, wow. Wow. along with the other schools that came and you know to the, into the life of our youth ministry. Wow, so what's your involvement with that school? And are you like a chaplain or just, you do a bit of schools work there? Yeah, so we have our schools team that go in, um, but what's amazing with that is, I get, we don't really have a chaplaincy role at the, ch- at the school, different people go in, like friends of mine are governors and other things, but um, I can just walk in whenever I want, meet with the head of pastoral, do stuff, and literally, it's amazing the free room we have, like with assemblies and lunch clubs and things we run in there and amazing. lessons support and one to one referral support and things like that. No, I don't think I've ever interviewed anybody who, in their sort of opening sentence as a youth pastor, says, Yeah, well, actually, the church I'm part of, we started a high school a few years ago. I mean, I, I guess you weren't in that sense. Were you one of the leaders at that time? No, no you were just no, beginning to... No, I was kind of on the... On I the was leading stuff. youth, yeah. but um, it was very much our senior pastor headed, yeah. headed the way. So what that. was the thinking behind that? Because I don't know too many church leaders that would like willingly enter that, like as amazing that is. What was the driver behind that? Do you know? It was kind of like, I guess, like a Holy Spirit curveball. Yeah. Yeah. I guess is the only way to say it. We were in the middle of a, a multi-million pound building project um, and that, you know, was a lot of energy. We were still doing, trying to do a lot of community transformation stuff with different projects. And this was just a curveball. Uh, Jeff, our senior pastor, was asked to go to a meeting um, to talk about what could this look like. So it was driven by a couple of primary school heads in the town from, from Anglican schools, Christian ethos schools. They said, we've got a Christian ethos high school in the town. Pupils are literally flooding to the local towns where there's Christian ethos high schools. We want one in Burnley will you help us do it? Mm. And so it was a massive curveball. Mm. And to see that, you know, we're struggling to build a church building and do what we're doing, you know, shoestring budget with churches and by the grace of God and people's giving yeah. beautifully come together. But then like the um, the minister for schools then just signs off millions and millions to yeah. build a school building just down the road for yeah. our school, yeah. which is just amazing. That's incredible. And so it was, yeah, it was, it was an amazing And that brings journey. life to the whole community and it's for the kids and the locals. Yeah. It's just incredible. I, I just want to kind of drill down a little bit with you because you, 
you do youth ministry here and I know that I, I, I meet your you in a number of different contexts people that I know know you Dan it's you've been in youth ministry for a while and you're so passionate about engaging with this generation of young people you are a frontline evangelist you're a frontline youth worker and disciple maker I want to hear a little bit from you what, what are the things that you're seeing young people are facing and and is that drawing them to to have conversations about faith are you having to work a whole lot harder to really help young people engage with is God so off their radar that they just don't want to talk about him so tell me a little bit about what you're seeing I, I think, and I've thought about this for a couple of years, I think we're in a beautiful, and I don't know if anyone's named this, but like a blank page experience with church and God and what that means. And when I listen to 11 to 14 year olds talk, for example, or you know, even slightly older than that, they rarely use God's name as a swear word or anything anymore. It's, it's plenty of other colourful words. <laughs> um, but it's like God isn't even on their radar. So I think there's a beautiful, and I could be wrong, but I think there's a beautiful opportunity right now to introduce Jesus without any preconceptions. And that is what I'm seeing young people coming to know Jesus in the life of our youth ministry the past few weeks in schools. A number of young people in local high schools around here have come to know Jesus in lunch clubs at lunchtime. And it's amazing. But I think it's partly down to that fact that God is just not on their radar, but actually that can play into our hand in this post-Christian culture that we live in. He's just, he's not even a swear word anymore for some reason. So just completely off their radar. Yeah. So how, how do you find that you then introduce God in that mix? Is it very experiential stuff? I mean, you're telling me a bit about your Friday nights here and that you're just drawing young people in to kind of experience God. But in a school setting, that's a bit more difficult, isn't it? Yeah. So how do you find that you name drop Jesus? How does that connection start? From Yeah, know? well, we're trying to have a very strategic approach to the school's ministry that we're doing and, and kind of how we view that as a massive part of our youth ministry in terms of what we're doing. So every lunchtime is a lunch crime club in a local school. And that is what we term as a non-compulsory environment. So as you know, then we can say basically, within reason, whatever we want in terms of our faith and you know, being careful in a school, respecting the boundaries, respecting the environment, but young people are choosing to be there. And so we spend a lot more time and energy focusing on lunch clubs, which are those optional non-compulsory environments, to we still do assemblies and lessons, those compulsory environments where they have to be, but much more as doing that as a taster, as a draw to the lunch club and build that strong and then empower the young people in the lunch club to lead that eventually, hopefully, and lead their friends to Jesus and so on and so forth. And that's a real part of your DNA, isn't it? Yeah. It's young people leading young people. Yes, and, definitely. And, and are, you, are you seeing that yourself with as young as 11 to 14? Are you seeing them leading yeah. their friends to Jesus? We're beginning to see a bit of that, which is exciting because I've wanted to see that for a while and we've been trying to figure that out. It's like there's some good evangelism happening, but how are we actually raising up missionaries evangelists in schools? I just want to see more of it, and, mm. and I think we're starting to see a couple, I think of young, young people in the life I used to be, 12 years old, I've just heard from uh, a teacher in their school just about how they've been sharing their faith in their school, how they've been like basically pastoring people on their residential, getting around people, praying for people, encouraging people, and it's just amazing. But it's just a couple, you know, we're starting to see it with the, this young person, this young person, but I want to see more, I want to see young people really leading the way with this stuff. Because mm. I think when they lead the stuff in the school, it just goes through the roof anyway. Because yes, yeah. um, essentially we can just be boring out of like, comparison. <laughs> now you had an amazing time last Friday in your youth group, and you were talking to your Friday night youth, these are kids just off the, the local area, Yeah. talking about baptism. I mean, I, I mean, this is so interesting, isn't it? Because it's often... We often, as youth workers, and I've been a youth worker for so long, you kind of have in your head this curriculum, like, we're going to start somewhere, and mm. baptism is kind of far, quite far down the line, it's pretty serious, like, yeah. you need to kind of, like, get some kind of parental consent if you're going <laughs> to stick the kids underwater, you know, and send them home, them and bring them back on again. And, 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 and yeah, it's sort of, you kind of, you kind of go straight for the jugular, like... Yeah, yeah, this is what baptism is, and we're going to talk about it. If you're going to be baptised, sign up, and we'll do it sometime. And t talk a bit about that. How did that go down? Yeah, it went out really well. We've been doing a series about the best things we believe, Father, Son, the Holy Spirit. We're talking about the church, talking about life and all its fullness. And baptism was a part of, of that, like, just as we've seen, like, the Apostolic Creed. And that's kind of where we kind of pulled that series from. And so, you know, we shared the gospel. I shared a bit about the story of John the Baptist, but then... Uh, and why, why baptism exists. And then we did an interview with, with two young people and a youth leader who had recently been baptised in the past year or so. And they just shared their testimony, they shared why they got baptised. And it was just a beautiful moment. I mean, 
it's just amazing to see young people going, actually, this is something I want to do. Mm. And um, a number of young people did sign up to get baptised, which was amazing. But one of the beautiful things was um, one of the girls in our youth ministry was sharing about why she got baptised. She's 16 years old. Her sister was there and hasn't made a commitment. And that night made a commitment to follow Jesus and then signed up to be baptised. And afterwards, her, her sister was praying with her and taking her through, um, giving her life to Jesus, which is absolutely amazing. I love, yeah. love, love that moment. But I think we just got to present it front yeah. in their face and yeah. say, if you believe, yeah. are you up for being baptised? Because yeah. we're seeing a lot of salvation, we're seeing people stick around. Yeah. But what about the next step? Because we're not seeing that transfer into baptism. Mm. You know, if you look at the statistics within our youth ministry, we need to see more young people baptised. Mm. So I thought, mm. let's just get it front and centre. Mm, we're seeing some, but. Yeah, more. and isn't that part of the problem as well? Is that if we don't invite young people to it, yeah. not in that sense, maybe they're just waiting for an invitation. Yes. But it also sounds like you guys are the kind of youth ministers that find every excuse to get out of the way as well. Like <laughs> any chance I cannot be in the way and yeah. let a young person do it. Like anyway, the, a talk I just heard you do, you just out there, you were just talking about how actually as youth workers we basically provide the air cover. And, and then the troops on the ground go for it. Like, yeah. And that's a beautiful picture, isn't it? That we're providing that air cover. We're here. Yes. We're, we've got the maturity, hopefully. Yeah, <laughs> we're yeah. praying for you. We're covering you. But you guys do this. You're 11. Yeah, come on, you do this. Yeah. This is in your hands. Beautiful. Um, what might be one of the things? So lots of folks listening. We're youth workers. We're cheering you on as you're saying this. We want to see this more in our youth ministries. What might be one of the things as youth workers that might where we might get in the way and be actually a barrier to what God's doing? What's your hunch as you look for the next three to five years and, and this blank sheet, mm. what might be one of the traps that the church falls into in this space of kids actually, God's not on their radar, but that's an amazing opportunity. What what would be some of the things that would we could do that would mess that up? And I, I've not given him any warning with this question. <laughs> so I'd let you know. Things that we could that. Mess like, it up. Well, I think the, the first thing is, is the missed opportunity has got to be the first thing I've got to say in terms of just like, sometimes we think, well, it's not on their radar, therefore they don't care. But just like with baptism, just if we're not telling them about it, why would they do it? And I think sometimes it's as straightforward as that. We've got to inform, we've got to inspire, we've got to inform, and I, you know, and I think that that's key. I think in terms of that, it's, it's sometimes trying to overflower. I don't know if that's kind of the right language or over. Um, very urban language, overflower. Overflower. I, I, I know nothing about gardening. Over egg. I don't know. I'm just getting to baby yeah. now, but like you know. Um, Put to, put to, try and wrap Jesus up in this yeah. in this cotton wool, this present, what, you know, I've used yeah. lots of metaphors, no, it doesn't make any sense Yeah, together. stop currying Jesus in yeah. flour, yeah. you know, eggs, <laughs> anything. Don't bake him at 200 degrees for 20 minutes, whatever. <laughs> but just that we just present Jesus as who he is, and for all he is, to young people, and it's kind of worked for 2,000 years, so I'm pretty sure right now that it still works. And I think there's ways to innovate and do that through, you know, through using video and, you know, blah, 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 like, you know, a screen culture generation, all that kind of thing, like how we actually doing the messages, but making sure the message is simple. So how the message is done, thinking innovatively about that, but keeping it simple, present mm. Jesus, who mm. he is, what he's done, what he's about, what he's doing, what he's up to, what he's going to do. Yeah, amazing. And that's it, isn't it? We see in young people's hearts, they catch that, the imagination. Yeah. And, and the, the amount of despair, we often talk about it on this podcast, just that sense of actually young people are looking at a world around them where there is such uncertainty. Like, mm. yeah, they're not going to own a house or get a job is what they think. You know, actually what... And, and they are asking the big questions that, that maybe as culture we realise we can't, we can't cotton wool and protect them from this mm. stuff. So actually we need to present them with a faith and a Christ who is massively big for this because they're facing a big, scary world. And yeah. Brilliant, Dan. That's so awesome. So if anybody listening to this podcast wanted to kind of find out more about, just about your approach to youth ministry, find out a bit more about Pays, how can they get hold of you? Um, so, yeah, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Yeah, you're over it. Yeah, you're like, covered in flour and eggs, are you? <laughs> social media. I'm the guy covered in flour and eggs, yeah. Um, yeah, uh, through the Pays website becauselove.com as well which is a mission resource we use yeah uh, Life Church Lancashire lifelanks.org yeah Brilliant. there's many ways Brilliant. people can get in touch there's but, a yeah. warm welcome for anybody up here I think yeah. it's gorgeous I'd love to connect with anyone really I'd love to hear what people are doing I love going places and seeing what people are doing and learning from that fantastic you're about to get a little invite probably from like deepest darkest Cornwall and they're like come on go sing amazing stuff here come down Dan actually we need to do it I need to, if you're from deepest darkest Cornwall I want to come and do a podcast so get in touch with us that'd be amazing Dan thank you so much the Youthscape Podcast Rachel I feel like despite being positive about 
Burnley. Yes. You've you've fallen. You've tripped over the pitfall of Cornwall by describing it as deep and dark. <laughs> it's really sunny, isn't it? You, cool. you like Cornwall, don't I you? I love Cornwall. You yes. love Cornwall. Oh yes, I didn't mean it in a derogatory way. I just meant like it's a long way away. Don't give them any more reason to want independence. <laughs> okay. They're my grumpy husband, enough as it is now. My husband there. was having a Cornish pasty today in, in, in where we live in North London and said to me, oh, that's the best Cornish pasty I've had outside of Cornwall. So I think you, there's a lot of love for Cornwall in our house, or but at least pasties. Th- it was interesting that, that Dan was saying about going to going to visit yes. projects and going to see what other people are doing. And I think that's something we really want to encourage, yes. isn't it? Is, is trying to make a bit of space. If you're in youth ministry, a simple form of continuing professional development is... Go and visit some other people. Make some friends who aren't five miles down the road. Go and see some other projects. And and we we I don't know if we can facilitate that on the podcast, but we can certainly you encourage it. Encourage it. Yes. And we can say if you ever want to, if you're ever in Luton, yes, deepest darkest Luton, <laughs> Luton yeah, you can come and yeah. visit the Youthscape. Um, Zeppelin. No, it's the, we haven't got a Zeppelin. <laughs> yes. We've got, no, it's we've a got great a idea. No, I think that's a brilliant idea. And I think we know that we should do retreats. We know that if we take time out to listen to God, but actually going, a lot of us are quite activists, aren't we? So mm. getting on a train, doing some good reading, listen to some podcasts, pray, mm. go go just for a couple of hours. Say, can I just hang out with your organisation? We had Andy Winman do that with us recently from Urban Devotion. And actually, if you're on the receiving end, if mm. someone rings mm. you up and says, can I come and hang out with your team today? Mm. You mm. feel nothing but blessed, actually. That's true. So I think it cuts both ways, doesn't it? Yeah. So do it, let's do that, people. Now, uh, one more thing I just want to pick up on um, from what Dan was uh, Ooh, it's a long podcast talking about. Today, isn't do you know, it? I've always thought people like a long podcast. Oh, yes. Yeah, people love a long podcast. Yes, I've like got a, a few more chocolate chips to get through. You so have. You've, you've, you've eaten that extraordinarily slowly. Really, I have. <laughs> That's a great act of self-discipline, the, the speed with which that muffin isn't disappearing. Is it not very nice? No, it's lovely. I'm just going to stuff my face with it in a minute. Is so it moist? I'm, I might just. I always now, think that the one muffins are the one. They got. They can't be dry and powdery. The one can time they? when you can use the word moist. Yes. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, what else? Something did we that say? Dan yeah. said was that young people now aren't even using Jesus or God as a as a swear word. Yeah. It's the classic Matt Summerfield phrase. You know, young people only know Jesus as a swear word. Yeah. Well, now perhaps that's uh-uh. not not even true. Have you noticed that? I'm I'm going to start looking out for that now because I have a hunch. That I might be seeing that as well, but I've not quite clocked it yet. The um, my my wonderful son has entered the world of year seven, and so I'm around a lot of year sevens now, uh-huh. and I have not noticed any blasphemy from their lips. Yes, yeah, because so, that's the word, isn't it? It's blasphemy. It's a different yeah. kind of swearing. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so we'll see. We will do a little test in Surrey and North London. But does it come back does with. it create a bit of an opportunity? That's the question. What Dan was kind of getting at was: do, is it now a post completely post Christian culture? Mm. Is that can that also be we're scared of it could it also be a really positive mm. opportunity well I, th- I think the answer has to be yes doesn't it i, I think and i think that we, there are always two ways to look at something either oh my goodness they're not even using his name as a swear word what is the world coming to or this is so new back to that novelty thing at the, mm. at the beginning where the mm. girl went my goodness i've never heard this before if actually we know there's a part of our brain that is wired for novelty then this is this is our time to say there's something about the ancient truth of who God is that is so novel for this generation. Let's get a bit bolder at sharing it, even if we're using ancient illustrations to do it. If they work, then let's not let's not avoid it. Yeah, yeah. let's do it. So great. We may just have reached the end of this. I podcast. think we have, and I need to eat that muffin. So let's do some shout out. Oh yes, okay. shout well. out. Oh, we've got some good news. We've got some shout out. <gasps> I've news. just remembered our good news. Calm down. Oh. Remember, just remember, Rachel. I'm just behind the corner. It, Twenty percent of your personality oh. comes out on a podcast at about one hundred and fifteen percent. Okay, I'm gonna okay. Calm down. so just just bring it down. Yeah. I'm okay, we down. have good podcast news. So we're doing shout outs. Yes. We're going to do a shout out to Lauren Cheshire. Yeah, we love you. Lauren. We're going to do a shout out to Princeton Theological Seminary. Oh, is this the shout out? Or are we I was I was folding it, it into. Okay. So yeah. hello to you as well. Yeah. Hi. And we have been doing a, sh- a sort of belligerent, persistent widow shout out yeah. to Pete Gregg in the hope yeah. that he would be listening yeah. and agree to do a Youthscape podcast. Think- and you have news. Yes, I have news. His youth workers listen to our podcast. And I messaged Pete, who is, who is I'm not going to say he's a dear friend because I don't know him particularly brilliantly well. But I, when I meet him at places, he's incredibly warm and kind. And you've probably found that he's too. Got they're he just not, got they're friends. just not us. <laughs> they're just not us. But he's a good guy. So I just messaged him and said, Pete, this is so audacious. And But we know how much you really value youth ministry locally and nationally. You're such a champion of prayer. You're such a champion of reaching this next generation. Would you come and be interviewed? And I totally bottled it then. I was like, I'm asking on my mate's behalf, like Martin. 
I'm asking on Martin's behalf. I thought you were my wingman in a nightclub. I was so, because I was like, if he says no, I could be like, oh, he doesn't like Martin. Yeah, it was just Martin's idea. It's not my way of phrasing it that's a problem. Yeah. But he got back to me saying, yep, let's do it. So, we're going to have an interview with Pete Gregg. So, it's coming soon. Coming soon. So, we are, we just have organised that. Very exciting. That means... Hilariously, we're not going to do any more shout-outs for him. But I thanks know. very much, Pete, for uh But for bullying works. Bully- I think the lesson from this... That's the message <laughs> from today's podcast. Hope you've enjoyed today's Youthscape podcast. If you really enjoyed today's Youthscape podcast, then you could become one of our patrons on patreon.com slash youthscape. Uh, so we have, we've got a rising number. Actually, if you go there, you'll see it's not like just one guy anymore. Is it double digits yet? No, well, not let's, let's okay. not, don't let's ask that not. question. <laughs> so um, there are a number of people who are patrons. And now producer Rachel has started producing special extras. Now this is very exciting. That actually. you only get yeah. if you are a patron. So remember, we're not asking for more than this. Although if you wish to, like uh, somebody kindly has, you can do more. But we're just asking for a dollar a month of sponsorship. Yeah. To, uh, to support the Youthgate podcast. Uh, and that money doesn't actually go to buy us muffins. No. That goes to support the work of Youthscape. Um, but it would really encourage us if you could sponsor us what is it currently about 70p yes. uh, a month. Um, so you just go to patreon.com slash Youthscape uh, and you will not notice it disappearing out of your bank account each month. I promise. Wh- unless wow. you're Unless you're like so unbelievably like on it with your budgeting. Yeah. Unlike most people, you just don't look. After no. a, two weeks after payday, you just don't look at the bank balance anymore. I know. So just do just do that. Anyway, please do that. So I think uh, thus ended. Thus ended the podcast. Yeah. We love you guys. We think you rock. And uh, keep getting in contact with us because we want this stuff to be food for your soul and for your brain and for your bellies. I'm going to eat that muffin now. Bye-bye. Oh dear. Anyway, but we have producer Rachel, which is the main difference. The good thing is producer Rachel can cut that out. Yeah, she can.